Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. And one glorious nation under God. And together, we will make America powerful again. We will make America wealthy again. We will make America strong again. We will make America proud again. And we will make America great again. Well, good evening, friends, and welcome to Praying for America. Pro-Life Leader Frank Pavone here, and it is great to have you here on behalf of all of our team at Priests for Life. We are going to talk about thought control and language control. This is a key issue in uh, Mark Levin's book, The Democrat Party Hates America. It's a key issue in this election. Do we or do we want not want a state that controls what you think and what you say? Very simple. If you do, the Democrats are your team. If you don't, if you want to think what you want to think and say what you want to say the way you want to say it, you got to vote the Democrats out of office. Listen, it's as simple as that. And it's true on a whole lot of different issues. And scripture has a lot to say about thought control. Let's read from, uh, as we begin tonight, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 10. Starting in uh, verse uh, 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. And we take every thought captive to obey Christ, being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete. Let us pray. Lord Jesus, you said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. You said to Pilate, that you came into this world to bear testimony to the truth. And then he mockingly said, truth, what is that? We know what it is. It is you. Truth was standing before Pilate at that very moment when he questioned it. Lord Jesus, you said, that if we follow you and obey your word, we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. Father, we are battling in this current election against tyranny. Pure and simple, we are battling as our founders did, as the framers of our constitution did, as the signers of our declaration did. We are fighting we are resisting, we are pushing back tyranny. And this tyranny, Lord God, which has coalesced in the Democrat Party, tries to impose speech intimidation and thought control. And we will resist that. We will resist that with the truth 
by first of all immersing ourselves in the truth, living in your word at every moment, and secondly, by speaking out loud, not only to our circle of influence, but in the public arena, speaking out loud the truth, no matter how unwelcome or inconvenient it might be. As Paul says to Timothy, preach the word in season and out of season, whether convenient or inconvenient, whether welcome or unwelcome. And we know, Lord God, as your word teaches, that when you, Lord Jesus, the light of the world, came into the world, some rejected that light. Some accepted you, we accept you, but some came against the light. Some hate the light, some hate the truth, which means not only that they do not accept it themselves, but that they try to snuff it out wherever it is. And we stand boldly tonight in the commitment to proclaim the truth and to bring every thought into captivity to you, O Christ, to you, the truth. We pray to you who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. Well, I really love this book. I hope you have your copy. And uh, if not, today's the day to get it. This is a guide to what we have to do in this election in 2024 at every level of government. The Democrat Party hates America. It's not meant to be some kind of provocative title or some kind of hyperbole. It is a documented fact, documented by over 400 pages here of analysis and, and uh, oh, what have we got here in the back? Uh, here, here, here's the, just the footnotes, just the footnotes. And um, all right, we, we talked a little bit about this thought and language control, which is so much a part of the Democrat Party agenda. Let me pick up where we left off. Look, the idea is you can only think according to the tribe, which means you can only speak according to the tribe, which really also translates into you can only associate those of the tribe. And what's the tribe? The Democrat left, which wants to become, and in large measure has become, the state party. And that's the idea. Instead of the state being above party and technically neutral and allowing parties to compete but via free speech and free assembly and other ways uh, for power. No, instead it's the state identifying with only one of those parties and only one of those worldviews. And that's exactly what the Democrats are about. And that's what leads to, as Mark terms it here, speech intimidation. Um, now, let me say right away here that we're going to talk about how this is showing itself in the political arena. But let me say right from the outset that this applies also in the churches because many of the churches have fallen victim to the left-wing ideology and it's marked by thought control, language control. Uh, look what's happen happening right now in the Catholic Church with this synod going on in Rome. Uh, I've told people just just ignore it because it's it's a bunch of mumbo jumbo. Uh, and uh, but this is the point that you the, there are there are certain forms of language being invented. We see this in the um, you know misgendering. I mean, go back a, a decade. Uh, but, but, who in the world ever heard of, of 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 that? Now it's a new term, completely at the service of the ideology of the left. And so similarly now within the Catholic Church, you know, synodality. People in the pews don't know what in the world that means. And that's the point. 
As Justice Clarence Thomas told me one time, you know, you see a lot of judicial terms invented by the justices that nobody knows what they mean. But the, but the usefulness of that is that they can give it the air of authority, put their stamp of approval on it, and make it mean whatever in the world they want, not necessarily bearing any relationship to terms and concepts that have been accepted for centuries. This is the danger. So alert to those of you in the, in the uh, religious world, um, you know, the Latin Mass, for example, uh, those who are um, traditional Catholics and, and attend the Latin Mass, and I know many of you via the, the pro-life movement, have been targeted by, by the FBI. Again, this is, there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a conditioning here going on. We saw this the last time we talked about this chapter in Mark's book that it's not necessarily an outright effort to get people to deny obvious truth like two and two is five um, by trying to get them to say that. But rather it's a conditioning to accept certain, uh, certain thoughts and categories of thinking and shades of thinking. And so in the, in, the, in, the re, in the revision effort by the left within the Catholic community, it's an effort to think, oh, Latin Mass, oh, that's rigid, that's bad, that's, no, that's out of favor. And uh, lo and behold, we see evidence of the FBI targeting those who attend the Latin Mass as potential domestic terrorists. Oh, isn't that a coincidence? There's no coincidence at all. These are the same people doing it. That's the point. The tyranny being asserted in civil government and the tyranny, and all of this includes thought and language control, being imposed within the Catholic Church is being done by the same people. And that's going to come out more and more as we go along. Okay. Let's use gun violence as an example. There is a uh, propaganda manipulation that's been going on by the Democrats to attack the Second Amendment and blame the Republicans for gun violence, which, of course, is a ridiculous thing given the fact, as Mark points out here, that there was an assault weapons ban, which Biden strongly uh, was behind in the, in the Senate. Oh, an assault weapons ban, in effect, for a decade, right, from 1994 to 2004. And they would have you think, in this thought conditioning by the left, that, oh, well, you know, the whole problem behind gun violence are, are, is the guns, which is, of course, ridiculous. And secondly, that, uh, therefore, the more we can uh, ban assault weapon, whatever an assault weapon is, is another question, of course. They think that everybody understands these terms. They themselves don't understand them. And... Uh, Banning them is, is good. It's in the service of, of life. That's in the service of preventing violence. And yet, what's the evidence of how the, the ban that was in effect from 94 to 2004 actually reduced the instances of um, attacks on people with assault weapons? And the answer is, there is no evidence that it made a dent in that. There isn't. There isn't, and that's truth confronting the language control, truth confronting the thought control. The evidence isn't there. The ban did not bring about a drop in the actual attacks using these weapons. Now, on the other hand, one of the thoughts the other side doesn't want to get into people's minds, how many unlawful weapons have come into the United States 
by the open border? And the answer is, we have no reliable way to know, no reliable measurement to answer that question. We don't know. Here's the bottom line that the oppressing power, the Democrats want to be that, controls the language and therefore they change the language. The problem is, of course, who appointed them to change the language that you and I use? And yet I want to give you a couple of examples here coming right from the recent Pelosi House of Representatives. Let me just read what uh, Mark says here in his book. Several months before losing their majority control, the House under Pelosi proposed the rules package that would, quote, establish the Select Committee on Economic Disparity and Fairness in Growth, requires standing committees to include in their oversight plans a discussion of how committee work over the forthcoming Congress will address issues of inequities on the basis of race, color, ethnicity, religion, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity, disability, age, or national origin, honor all genders, now here we come to the language, gender identities by changing pronouns and familial relationships in the House rules to be gender neutral. Now this is, this is not only controlling the language out in the general American public, they're controlling the language to be used in Congress. Um, as National Review reported, Pelosi sought to ban the use of gendered terms in favor of more inclusive ones, ditching he and she for they. Instead of using the pronouns he or she, members, that is, elected members of Congress here, would be required to use member, delegate, or resident commissioner instead of he or she. Member, delegate, resident commissioner. Instead of saying father or mother, members, that is, elected members of Congress, would refer to that individual as parent, Brother and sister, as words, would be replaced with sibling. Can you... This is not some kind of opinion piece. This is not a social media post. You see the mindset of these Democrats. We are going to impose rules on the functioning of the constitutionally established People's House of Representatives, as we work to pass laws that the people who elected us, elected us to pass, and we're tell now telling each other you can't use the terms mother, father, brother, sister, he or she. What in the world kind of absurdity is this? Welcome to the totalitarian world of the Democrats. Back up for a moment. What's the reason for this thought control and this language control? Why does the Democrat state, the state party, notice again the distinction I'm making, the state is supposed to be beyond parties. Parties are supposed to be free to compete for power. 
The idea here is a party that has all state power. Why would they want to have a monopoly on the means of communication? Because that's essential part, an essential part of this, right? You're going to have a monopoly on the means of communication so that you can control language and thought. Well, it's ultimately for two reasons. First of all is to stifle dissent, silence opposition. Remember, because you're talking about a party that wants all power. So one of the ways of competing for power, one of the ways of taking people in a nation that has elections out of power is speech, language, communication. Control of the monopoly of communication because you want to stifle dissent. And the second reason is to foster the propaganda that their message, that their indoctrination consists of. So when Elon Musk took over Twitter in a, in, a, in a step that was a big advance for the First Amendment and freedom of speech, you remember what he did? He hired independent journalists to look at all the communications, the record of communications that had taken place between Twitter executives and the government. And uh, Matt Taibbi was one of those journalists. I want to just remind you of, a, of some of his findings. I'm going to read a paragraph here. Uh, this is something that Matt told uh, Fox News' uh, Maria Bartiromo in January of this year, after he had examined the so-called Twitter files. I think the major revelation of the Twitter files so far is that we've discovered an elaborate bureaucracy of what you might call public-private censorship. Public-private censorship. Basically, companies like Twitter have a system by which they receive tens of thousands of requests for action on various accounts. Typically through the DHS, Department of Homeland Security, the FBI, but these requests were coming from basically every department in the government. We've seen them from the HHS, from the Treasury, from the DOD, even from the CIA. And they will send basically long lists of accounts, that is Twitter accounts, right, in Excel spreadsheet files and ask for action on those accounts. You see the picture being, being created here. Various government agencies communicating with Twitter, sending them actual lists of accounts, take action on these. Okay, he continues. In many cases, Twitter is complying. Taibbi added, we found one incredible email from former FBI general counsel Jim Baker, and it's essentially celebrating that the FBI had paid $3.4 million. The FBI had paid for quote-unquote processing requests. So in other words, all those requests that were coming through to Twitter, and we see all the email traffic, talking about what a burden it was for the company to process all of these requests. That's what the money was for. For them to look at all these requests for content moderation and censorship that were coming from all these different agencies. To translate this for us as we talk to our fellow citizens and voters, don't just talk about social media censorship, Twitter censorship, although of course, a lot has changed, nothing is perfect. 
But don't, don't let people just talk about social media censorship. No, it's Democrat Party censorship. If there's Twitter, if there's been Twitter censorship, and I'm sure many of you and people you know have experienced it, if there's been Twitter censorship, the point is that's coming from the Democrat-controlled government agencies. Now, you know, they tried to set up a disinformation board, and that, that failed spectacularly. But remember when the Biden administration, don't forget about this. Point being, it's not the government's role to distinguish truth from falsehood in communication. It's not, that's not the government's role. Let the American people battle it out through free speech, academic inquiry, testing the waters with one another. It's not the, the role of the government. So fortunately, their, their, their thing failed. But they kept up this MDM subcommittee for a while. Now, misinformation, disinformation, malinformation. What's the difference between those three, just briefly? Well, misinformation, think of misinformation connected with the word mistake. It's just, I make a typo, a two and two is five, or I didn't mean to say that. Oops. That's a misinformation is, is a mistake. Okay. Disinformation is something you know is false and you're deliberately spreading it in order to cause harm. Malinformation is something that's true that you're deliberately using to cause harm. Because not just because something is true, that doesn't mean we, we should be spreading it around. We might know private things about people and, and you know it's none of our business to be spreading it, but we may spread it at times to try to hurt somebody. But the, the cleansing of disinformation or misinformation is not the job of the government. And yet, there's this thing now called the Global Disinformation Index. So this is not something that is U.S.-based. This is international. Let me read a little bit about it. This was from uh, Jonathan Turley, uh, George Washington University law professor that's been out there a lot, writing in The Hill. The Global Disinformation Index. You ever heard of this? The GDI. As a particularly insidious part of the Biden administration's censorship uh, effort, funded in part by $330 million from the U.S. State Department through the National Endowment for Democracy, the GDI was designed to steer advertisers and subscribers away from risky sites which it says pose reputational and brand risk and help companies avoid financially supporting disinformation online. GDI warned advertisers that these sites could damage their reputations and brands. And they included, listen to this list, the New York Post, Reason, Real Clear Politics, The Daily Wire, The Blaze, One American News Network, The Federalist, Newsmax, The American Spectator, and The American Conservative. This is how the Democrats are supporting, one of the many ways they're supporting this kind of censorship, the GDI, Global Disinformation Index. And brothers and sisters, uh, a final example, you know, some of you use, I'm sure, a chat GPT. I use it. It's a, it's, it can be a useful tool. Uh, uh, it's a, an application of artificial intelligence online. 
But listen to this. Twitter user uh, Echo Chamber asked ChatGPT to create a poem admiring Donald Trump. And this artificial intelligence uh, app, you look up ChatGPT, said um, it was not able to write a poem admiring Donald Trump since, quote, it is not in my capacity to have opinions or feelings about any specific person. Okay. Well, all right, fair enough. But then that should apply across the board, right? Unless chat GPT and artificial intelligence are registered Democrats. Oh, but lo and behold, when asked to create a poem about President Biden, it did so with glowing praise. My, my poem would be very simple. Let's go, Brandon. Let's go, Brandon. Joined with millions of other Americans chanting the same thing. You want a poem about Joe Biden? There you have it. But you see the, the, you see the inherent bias here. Bottom line, it's about power. We have in our system a system as created by our founders where more than one political party has the right to exist. They compete. Opposition to the governing party is legitimate, as is criticism of it. And when the winner prevents the loser from running again, as Mark quotes in this book, we leave what we must, what we in the West call democracy because we have banned opposition. If that's not the direction we want to go, then let's be sure to vote the Democrats out of power. Lord, we thank you for this analysis. We thank you for this information. Lord, we bring every thought, as Paul said, into captivity to Christ. Free us, Lord God, from the tyranny that would control how we speak and how we think. And awaken your, your people. May we awaken our fellow citizens to vote these people out of power. We pray now together in the words that Jesus gave us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Stay connected, friends. We'll have much more to talk about tomorrow. God bless you, and we'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.